sure feels good to be in first place if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, y'all can wear them cowboy hats all you want and just enjoy last place. I've been there. I know all about it. (laughs) Hey, I'm glad you're here today. What a great day to celebrate today. Thanks, all you men and women. Makes me feel safer and makes me drive slower that you are here today. And so we do honor you. And, you know, I thought that was a great headline. You know, that we have men and women in our community that would take a bullet for us. Wow, no greater love has this than a man or woman would lay down his life for his friends. So thank you for that. And uh, we're going to take our offering in just a a few minutes as the band's going to sing one more song. Uh, But, you know, Christmas and music uh, just go together, don't they? Like peanut and butter and jelly. Uh, We can never, uh, I can't at least think of this time of the year without thinking about Christmas music. And uh, one of my favorite things about Christmas is the Christmas music. But I don't think it should start until after Thanksgiving, right? And it should end on the 25th. After that day's over, no more Christmas music until the next year. But I do love it uh, while it is going on. I love uh, Christmas songs. How many of you love Christmas music? Wow. So what is one of your favorite Christmas songs? Oh, Holy Night. I'll sing that for you. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Little Drummer Boy, that's Rich's favorite song. Everybody, yeah, Rich. Uh, He has sang that for 27 years straight at Christmas, it seems. Uh, Anybody else? Chestnuts roasting. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Huh? Yeah, talking about grandma on the base back there. Jingle bells over here. I'd turn that hat around too if I were you, buddy. I wouldn't want anybody. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I get carried away with all that mess. (laughs) But uh, we are starting a new series this month. It's called uh, Christmas Playlist. And we will be looking at how some of our favorite songs uh, can give a message that's actually opposite of how life is uh, for us in reality. This weekend, our song uh, from our Christmas playlist is one of my all-time favorites. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas.
It just seems like we ought to have some hot chocolate. Be sitting by the fire, but I hate to disappoint you. We don't have any hot chocolate. Hey, you guys can go out and get you all the hot chocolates you want at Rubicon. <laughs> Free hot chocolate for a lifetime. You'll look like me. But anyway, uh, today I want to talk about uh, Christmas disappointments. You know, I want to I want to help us deal with the disappointments at Christmas and, and life in general. Uh, those disappointments that happen in life when what we're dreaming about doesn't happen. You know, we all have dreams, we all have hopes, and we all have our uh, dreams for Christmas and life, and, and how to deal with that when what we're dreaming about doesn't happen. Have you ever been disappointed at Christmas 
I was trying to think of a time that, that, you know, I was disappointed in Christmas, couldn't really come up with one, so I thought I'd ask you, have you ever had a time at Christmas that you were disappointed? Chris, come on up here and tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, you were shaking your head now. Come right on up here. Who else says, I, I've got something I'd like to share. I was disappointed. Come on up here. All right. <laughs> After she's done, you, don't do it at the same time, okay? <laughs> okay, so I was in high school, and my dear, loving mom... This is a lesson for all you mothers of teenage girls. Thought she would buy me a skirt. Yes. Okay, now I won't divulge my age, but it would be a hideous in any era. She bought me a purple knit skirt oh. with a large yellow something on the front of it <laughs> that came to about here. And so I was disappointed. Yes, yeah, at least. But then my mom <laughs> saw that and she said, well, here, maybe like this. And she handed me a package that had a robe, which is something I had wanted. And it was red, which was my favorite color, which was great until I tried it on. And apparently the package was mislabeled because it was about, you know, 10 sizes too small for me. Mm. So that was really kind of a disappointing Christmas. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing, Chris. <laughs> you still have the dress or skirt? <laughs> I guess mine wasn't real bad, but uh, I had slipped a disc at work trying to lift a motor that was too heavy, and I got to spend Christmas through the holidays uh, in, the in Mary Washington Hospital. But uh, come to think of it, it really wasn't a disappointment because my mom set a little tree up in the Aww. corner of the room, and everybody go. Aww. She brought a she brought that a gift really each nice. day for me to open, so it, it turned out to be not too bad after all. All right, cool. Thing. Anybody else want to share one? One more. Come right on up. All the way from Cincinnati, Ohio this morning to be with us. Snowing, dreaming of a white Christmas. Yes. It was about 15 years ago. My husband was active duty Marine. He was uh, in the Kosovo uh, business. And I had gone home to Cincinnati to see family and be around family with my two small children. And my in-laws have this thing where they all go to grandma's house and it's mad dash. Everybody just grabs stuff under the tree and starts opening it wow. like crazy people. And we had been over there for that. And when I got back home, this is before cell phones and had answering machines. And I missed the one call from my husband oh. in six months. Wow. So he could tell us Happy Merry Christmas. And I sat and cried all night. Uh, but can I share one more? Oh, well, why not? Heck, you weren't I, I had a chemistry teacher in high school who was a Vietnam vet and a, had been an Army medic nurse. He was a fantastic chemistry teacher. He was the cool teacher. He also was the manager for the football team. And so there was an edict that went out, no parties in high school around Christmas because wow. exams were Scream coming school. up. And he, Mr. Hartwig, being the cool teacher, said, we're going to have a party. Don't tell anybody. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's Mr. Hartwig. And we walked in the day before Christmas break, and he had the slide projector set up. Remember those? Oh, yeah. This is a long time ago. I'm not, out, I'm not going to divulge my age either. And he had a slideshow. He's like, I just want to show you my Christmas from 1969. And it was Vietnam. Mm. And um, the slides went on. All the, the people that were in the hospital and the medic beds that he was taking care of, and he had a little paper Christmas tree that his nephews 
had made for him out of construction paper that hung over his bunk. And he said, that was my Christmas tree. So when all of you kids go home and open up all this stuff, I just want you to remember people that can't be with their families. That impressed me for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's still here at 65. You're still impressed by it. <laughs> just kidding. Thank you for sharing. You know, it's like the wife who left her husband a note and said, buy me something that will make me look beautiful and sexy. And she was expecting an evening gown or lingerie or something along that line. And on, you can imagine on Christmas morning how shocked she was to discover that her husband had bought her an exercise bike. <laughs> it was a huge disappointment. I bet he had a bad week. <laughs> yeah, he'd be sharing up here. Anyway, <laughs> I was talking to Drew this morning, Drew uh, Purdue, and she said she was disappointed on the first Christmas they were married. Uh, Jarrett bought her a box of roadside flares. <laughs> He's a romantic guy, isn't he? But <laughs> anyway, you know, here's a classic disappointment. Kelsey, what did that Clary give you show everybody? I don't want to. Ralphie, show everybody what Aunt Clara gave you. <sighs> Aunt Clara had for years labored under the delusion that I was not only perpetually four years old, but also a girl. She just always gives you the nicest things, Ralphie. Oh, my. Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> you can just see the disappointment. But most of us are dreaming of something this Christmas because Christmas is a time that we dream about things. And, and, and so uh, we, we all have our dreams. For some, it might be we're dreaming of a white Christmas. I'd, I'd love that. Uh, for others, it might be a family dinner without conflict. You know, can't we, my mom, remember, and we had those four of us. Uh, and she can't y'all at least one Christmas, can't we just have a, a meal in peace? Or maybe you're hoping for dreaming of a certain gift or to bring a smile to your children's face or maybe you're dreaming of peace on earth or a safe trip to grandma's or the healing of a loved one or, or a better marriage or a new job or a new car. You know, sadly, though, Christmas has a, is just as happy a time as it's supposed to be. It has a potential of being a time of year of just filled with disappointment. You know, instead of bringing families together, it sometimes tears families apart. You know, rather than uh, ease a person's pain, oftentimes Christmas intensifies our pain. Uh, Christmas time has the potential of creating some serious disappointments in our life. Many times the disappointment of wanting everything to be perfect, you know, we're going to have the perfect Christmas. And wanting that perfect Christmas creates the greatest disappointment which in the long term creates the greatest stress. We worry about, I don't, but some people worry about what they'll wear to the office Christmas party or, or uh, uh, being a good host when the family comes or, or whether dinner will be as good as grandma's or we worry about uh, whether the gifts we buy our kids will meet their expectations or will it satisfy our spouse or impress our boss or make the in-laws happy. You see, we worry about family members cooperating and getting along. We want things to be perfect at Christmas time, but the problem is we live in an imperfect world and therefore we will have imperfect Christmases. 
It won't be, and you end up disappointed when you have these high expectations. But you know what? If, you're, if all you're dreaming of for Christmas is wanting Aunt Sally to like her gift or hoping your ham turns out okay or if it snows, if that's all you're dreaming of, then you will have a blessed Christmas. But you know, here's something I was thinking about this week and maybe you think about when you think about disappointment. Just this week, I dealt with a wonderful middle-aged mom who's now under hospice care. Our young father over in the Shenandoah Valley with two children dying of cancer. Our single mom who's worried about how she will get Christmas for her children. Or a wife whose marriage stinks and is falling apart. Or a young guy who desperately needs a car, he has no car uh, to get to work. You see, Christmas time for many is a depressing time. It's a disappointing time of the year. For many, it's like the depressing Christmas song by the rock group Pearl Jam. How many of you heard of Pearl Jam? Wow, you bunch of rockers. Uh, <laughs> when do you think they got started, Pearl Jam? That's what I thought. Yep, close. 1990. I haven't even listened to Pearl Jam. I thought I was a Pearl Jam fan. But 1990, I was calmed down. And wasn't listening to rock music much. But they wrote a song called, Let Me Sleep, It's Christmas Time. And here's how it goes. Oh, that's old Ralphie. Cold wind blows on the soles of my feet. Heaven knows nothing of me. I'm lost, nowhere to go. Oh, when I was a kid. Oh, how magic it seemed. Oh, please, let me sleep. It's Christmas time. Flowered winds was where I lived. Thought you burned, not froze for your sins. Oh, I'm so tired and cold. Oh, when I was a kid, how magic it seemed. Oh, let me sleep. It's Christmas time. Wow, the writer of that song, uh, it seems, is having a hard time reconciling the wonders of Christmas, the magic of Christmas of their childhood with the disappointments that come when Christmas, when we celebrate Christmas as adults. Many people today, uh, they see how Christmas is supposed to be. I mean, we have these thoughts and these dreams. This is how it's supposed to be. We have dreams of how we want it to be. And, and we realize how disappointing and harsh Christmas really can be. You see, the disappointment drives us further from God. And thus the lyrics that say, heaven knows nothing of me. I'm lost, nowhere to go. And the song eventually begs, just let me bury my head and let me sleep away Christmas. And I bet that there online, there's some of you, even here sitting in this room today would say, please let me sleep, it's Christmas time. I just want it to be over with. I wanna just get through it. You see, Pearl Jam though had one thing right. There's no such thing as a Christmas free from disappointment. Now we turn to the, quickly to the Christmas story in, in the Bible. We see that it, uh, it started out with disappointment. It, it was one disappointment after another. First of all, it begins with a tax hike. There was a tax increase and nobody likes tax increases. And then the Virgin Mary, young girl, she turns up pregnant. I mean, she isn't dreaming of life to be that way, and it, and it turns out to be a miracle from God, and then Mary's fiance, Joseph, in his disappointment, he makes plans to cut and run. I mean, he says, I'm out of here. This is not what I've been dreaming of. 
only to be convinced by an angel to stick around. You know, can you imagine a tougher start, a more disappointing start than a young couple could have? What a tangled mess for them to sort out. And here's my point. You know, that first Christmas, it wasn't without disappointment. You know, knowing that, then it was, a, it was a disappointing enough that they had to make a three-day, 100-mile trip to Nazareth, from Nazareth to Bethlehem because the census was in Joseph's hometown. Now, that's disappointing. That's not how you think. Mary must have thought, this is not how I planned to spend the last month of my pregnancy. And, and, and it must have been a disappointment because we all know, I think we know, or if we don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but pregnant women don't travel well. There's a lot of potty breaks that need to happen. And there was no rest areas. There was just bushes, I guess, or rocks. So how disappointing is that to spend the last days of your pregnancy on the back of a donkey? And then you can imagine the disappointment of finally arriving in Bethlehem only to find out that Joseph forgot to go online and make hotel reservations. I mean, what was he thinking? And there's no room in the inn. If that's not enough disappointment uh, for one evening, the mother of Jesus, who the Bible says was highly favored of God. Now, is this a way to treat a woman that's highly favored of God? She has to give birth to the most important baby ever born in a stable. And so Mary lays her baby in a feeding trough. How disappointing. Now, I'm sure that Joseph and Mary were dreaming of something better. I mean, when, when the, when the uh, Holy Spirit visited Mary and said, you're pregnant with the, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and Joseph was convinced you got to stick around because God has a plan for this boy, they were thinking of a whole lot better, a whole lot different. They were dreaming of something different for his, uh, his birth. And as they were in that stable, they probably thought as Pearl Jam sang, heaven knows nothing of me, I'm lost, nowhere to go. I mean, I'm sure they thought, it's difficult to imagine a greater set of disappointments than they must have felt. So now let's turn our attention quickly to Luke chapter one. And this is the prophecy about John the Baptist. In verse 76, an angel speaks of John the Baptist. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, and, or the angel says, and you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the most high because you will prepare the way for the Lord. Now what a job. You will tell his people how to find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. John, you know, was kind of like what I think, he was kind of like the roadie. He went before the band and got everything set up. Well, he was kind of the roadie for Jesus, got everything prepared. He was going to arrive before Jesus. But then in verse 78, it speaks of the coming Savior. Because of God's tender mercy, because he loves us, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Now Luke describes the world, this world that Jesus came into as a dark, dark world. And then he describes you and I. I mean, here's our description. He says, we sit in darkness and the, sh and the shadow of death. I mean, we couldn't be in worse condition. I mean, he's prophesying and he's saying that we sat in darkness in the shadow of death. It couldn't be worse conditions. And now the angel sounds just like Pearl Jam. A cold wind blows. Heaven knows nothing of me. I'm lost and nowhere to go. 
Thought you burned, not froze for your sins. I'm so tired and cold. And you know, I'm here to just say to you this morning, when we're not in the right place in our spiritual lives, we live in spiritual darkness. And when we live in spiritual darkness without Jesus in our lives, we are going to feel lost, alone, and cold, and we are going to be disappointed. You see, Jesus entered a world of regret, frustration, and disappointment. Now, here's what I love. Yet Luke calls Jesus the morning light from heaven. The morning light from heaven. That first Christmas filled with all the disappointment of life. I mean, there could be nothing more disappointing. But in that stable, on that very first Christmas morning, when everything was dark and, and they were so disappointed, there came the flickers of a morning light. A morning light indicating a new day was about to begin. A new day was rising. You've been out, some of us, on that morning when the sun begins to come up and everything is fresh and new and you feel like, wow, the start of a brand new day. And in that stable, that morning, it was like a brand new day was rising from the stink and disappointment of a stable. With the birth of Jesus, God's light penetrated the darkness of disappointment. You see, he dispersed the shadows of death. So here's how to overcome Christmas disappointments. First, you accept that life, that, that life will always be filled with disappointment. In life, there will always be disappointments. We live in a dark and sinful world. I mean, we do. We live in a dark and sinful world, and I can't think of a group of people that must see that more than anybody. It's just a world of darkness and a world of, of sin and disappointment. We saw it again this week on the evening news. And, and, and folks, I'm here to tell you, we live in an evil time where men and women's hearts are filled with evil. And, and we can do all the legislating we want, but people need Jesus. We need Jesus more than any time. And I doubt if Congress passes that bill. <laughs> we just need to know that in life there will be disappointments. Secondly, I look to Jesus. We need to look to Jesus in my disappointments. We need to look to Jesus. You see, you must always have belief to believe that Jesus will be the morning light in your situation. Whatever situation you face, whatever disappointment you're going through, remember that Jesus will be the morning light. What does that mean? It means it's a brand new day, a brand new start. And we get to start brand new. If you're experiencing the darkness of disappointment in your life today, like the shepherds, make your way to the Jesus. Make your way to the stable. I like the way the Old Testament says, they made haste to Bethlehem. In other words, they got up and they went and made haste. You see, because he is the morning light. And he's sent from heaven to remind us of a new day, of a better day. Sure, there's Christmas disappointments. It's possible for life to upset your plans this Christmas and for Christmas not to go your way. And every one of us knows disappointment sooner or later. I mean, some of you right now are in the midst of a, a huge disappointment in your life. Or matter of fact, you, you just got out of one. 
You've just gotten over a disappointment or you're headed into one. And when we live life, everyone is disappointed. Friends break their word. Marriages end in divorce. Our children move away and never call us. Colleagues betray us. The company lays us off. Doctors can't cure us. Our investments disappear. Our dreams go up in smoke. The best laid plans go astray. And someone dies that we love. And other Christians disappoint us. And very often, we disappoint ourselves. You see, we live in a world of disappointment. And if we don't come to grips with that truth, we are doomed to be unhappier tomorrow than we are today. You know, it's Christmas time, and life can be disappointing. But think about it. Think about this. Disappointment goes both ways. It goes both ways. God the Father, he sent his son into a sinful darkened world to take away the sins of mankind. He, he came to take away the sins of mankind. He didn't come to take away our frustrations or our anxiety, our disappointments, but he came to take away our sins. And so on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty for our sins against God. And now we have the gift of life and love and forgiveness and healing and strength and comfort and wisdom and power and guidance. Yet in offering these gifts to us, God has made himself vulnerable to disappointment because mankind, we reject him and we reject his gifts. And when we reject his gifts, we disappoint God. So finally, we overcome disappointment this Christmas. We, to overcome it, we need to stop focusing on what we want for Christmas and set your heart on what God wants for you. You see, he has gifts for you. He's gone out on a limb to pay for them and secure them for you and I in his name. You see, this Christmas, rather than being preoccupied with how Christmas might disappoint you, what if you worried and put your energy in focusing on how, disappoint, how not to disappoint God during this Christmas season? You see, Jesus is the one who went out on a limb. He's the one who has the most to lose. Don't just disappoint him this Christmas by insisting on your own life, your own way, and rejecting his gifts. Remember, we're the ones who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Jesus, though, invaded our darkness to shine his light and love into our lives. And so rather than focus on what's going wrong in your life, what if you and I have focused on what Jesus wants for us? Though the first Christmas was far from perfect and it was surrounded by plenty of disappointments, but here's what I know. It's proven to be the best Christmas ever, that very first Christmas. You see, and despite disappointments you've experienced, if you let him, Jesus can make this Christmas your best Christmas ever. Don't be defeated and don't be discouraged and don't be downtrodden by disappointment. Jesus invaded our darkness and he spread our light, his light. He spread his joy and his love. The angel called him the morning light. One translation calls him the day spring, which means the first light of day, the day spring. 
I mean, day springs means there's a new day. So rather than crying over our disappointments, realize that in the midst of our disappointments, in the midst of the sticky situations, stinky situations in life, when life is not going the way we thought and thought the way we deserve, remember there is a light that's flickering. The light of a new day. Jesus Christ. And he wants to be born in our lives. Like the shepherds, run to the manger, open our hearts and bow to Christ the King. I believe the biggest Christmas disappointment would be if you missed the reason that we celebrate in the first place. So on this second Sunday of Advent, we have a Christmas to celebrate. No matter what we're facing, we have a Christmas to celebrate because, because God was disappointed. He was disappointed in us. And we celebrate Christmas because God was disappointed in us. And he had to figure a way out. He had to have a solution for our disappointment. And his solution was a tree. No, not a Christmas tree. God took a tree to Calvary. And Jesus hung on that tree. It was a cross. And he died to save us from our sins. He died to save us from our bitterness and from our, 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 our guilt and our regrets and the disappointments of life. He died so that he could put a new heart in us. So today I want to introduce you. If you've never met him, I want to introduce you to someone who will never, ever, I want to introduce someone who will never, ever, absolutely, positively, never, ever disappoint you. His name is Jesus. And the Bible says in Romans 10, whoever believes in him, in Christ, will never, that says ever, will be never be disappointed. I'm saying that when we put our hope in Jesus, we will never be disappointed with him. We will never be disappointed in him. Why? Because God has a great plan. And when you and I realize that he uses everything in life that happens to us, then disappointments become God's appointments. God has a hand in it. So open your life up to Jesus, whether you're a believer or not, because God is here as a new morning, as a new light, as a new day for you, you and I. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you once again for those that we've had the privilege of honoring today. We thank you, Lord, for their great sacrifice and the privilege we get to worship with those men and women today that protect us daily. But God, we, as we come to the closing time of this time together, we pray, Lord, that <clears throat> you would just wrap your loving arms of love around each one of us. And that, Lord, as we close out our time together, Father, that you would work in our hearts. And so, so here's what I want to say, folks, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're a believer in him today, will you open your heart to him today? You know, the culture has stolen our thoughts and our imagination and, 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 this, and the magical moments of Christmas. The world has stolen that from us. And that's why we end up disappointed because we have these high expectations of Christmas and the gifts and the food and the family and all those things. 
But I'm encouraging you and I today to lay all that down and to focus and open our hearts to Jesus and allow the wonder of that birth of some 2,000 years ago, that wonder of a God who was disappointed, so disappointed in us that he had to die so that you and I could overcome our disappointment. What a God that is. What a God. And so if you're a believer today, will you open your heart throughout this Advent? Advent is the expectation, the coming of the Christ, and he is coming again. Will you open your heart and make that the priority of your life and not whether the ham is good or not? And if you're not a believer today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, and you've never, you've never accepted his solution to disappointment, I want to invite you today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. You can pray it under your breath. You can pray it out loud if you like, but you don't have to. What you pray is sincerely. And here's what I want you to pray. If you've never received Christ today, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, you pray this by faith. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. Just pray that. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. Jesus, today, I just want to confess that I have sinned. What that means, you've done things that you know are wrong and against God. And so you just say, God, I confess to you today that I have sinned. And then you say, please forgive me. And he will. Please forgive me. And then you pray, Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my Savior. Wow, that's it. That's it. We confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. The Bible says we shall be saved. Saved for heaven. <laughs> and then you just thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you for being my Savior. Now, right before we sing, close our time together with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed. And I do this because it's very important that you witness to me and to Gay what God has done in your life today. That's an important part of receiving Christ is being a witness. The shepherds left that barn and they went and told the world. And so when you raise your hand, you're telling us that the Savior has been born in your heart. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer, will you slip up your hand today? Anybody like that? Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. You can put them right back down. Anybody else? One more time. Just slip your hand up and slip it right back down. Anybody? Yeah, I see your hand in the back. God bless you. Anyone else? Yes, see your hand in the back. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Father, thank you for this moment this morning we celebrate. We thank you, Lord, that right here in our midst, a new light has flickered in the lives of those who have prayed that prayer and have received you as their Savior. God, we celebrate that this morning. We love you. We praise you and honor you. I pray for every person that raised their hand today and for every believer that committed to open their heart to you in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna stand and sing. If you prayed that prayer today and you received Christ, 
in the very back of the room. Pastor Kelly will be back there. And he has a wristband he'd like to give you. The wristband's no big deal, but he needs to talk to you about what God did in your life today. We're going to worship. Thank you. for 